So when I was six years old, my great grandmother had passed away the previous year. I happened to like get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I remember I was I was in our bathroom where I was sitting like faces out towards the hallway. And I thought I saw sort of like a foggy shape in the hallway. So I like called out to my parents whose bedroom was in another part of the house. And I just said, uh, I'm scared. There's a ghost out here. Somebody come help me. And my parents shouted back, like, just like finish up and go to bed, please. Like we're sleeping. So I did that. And then the next morning, my dad asked me about it. And it turned out that he had also seen the same thing in the hallway a little bit earlier and didn't want to come out because he was scared. That's Elizabeth Ito, a writer-director who's run in with a ghost age six. This year ended up inspiring one of the most inventive and soothing kids' TV shows in recent memory. City of Ghosts, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is a documentary-style animated series about a girl named Zelda who's part of a ghost club, a group of like-minded kids who seek out spooky happenings. Together they interview the apparitions they encounter, asking them about who they were in life and what they're up to in the afterlife. It has the same hypnotic feel as Adventure Time, a show that Elizabeth previously worked on, but also a naturalism that's completely unique. That naturalism comes from Elizabeth's belief that there's a beauty in the way that real people tell their stories. It's something she always tries to center in her charming work. I would probably define the kinds of stories I like to tell. I guess like, really personal stories that come from people's lived experiences. Um, I think it's just like what I like to hear about. I think like maybe specific to my kind of storytelling, I usually like to hear them in the voice of the person whose story it is. So I guess that's how I would define it. I'm Al Horner and coming up today on How I Write, a podcast about the highs, lows and workflows of screenwriting. Elizabeth Ito breaks down the innovative way that she went about writing one of the most uplifting animated series of the year, giving actors background information on characters and scenarios, then interviewing them in character and turning their recorded answers into teleplays full of naturalism and real-life voices. We also get into why Elizabeth has to turn off all thoughts about what it is that studios want from her to really get creative and why the best kids TV doesn't talk down to the children it seeks to entertain. To me, it's just chaotic because I think every time we would meet with the studio to try to explain the writing process on the show, I would feel like I was like going into the matrix or something, trying to describe like our process. <laughs> That's all to come today on How I Write, presented by Arc Studio Pro, the screenwriting software that lets writers stay focused on the stories they're trying to tell on the page. Get your free trial today to check out its intuitive design, seamless real-time collaboration features, excellent outlining functions, and easy-to-use import and export capabilities. More on those guys later, but now, with no further ado... I'm Elizabeth Ito, and this is How I Write. Elizabeth is a writer-director with an interesting thread that runs through her work. Both City of Ghosts and her breakthrough short film that came before it, Welcome to My Family, feature otherworldly characters depicted in the most grounded of ways. Welcome to My Family is full of mild-mannered monsters, while City of Ghosts is, well, the clues in the title. The contrast between the otherworldliness of the characters and the naturalistic tone that these shows tend to strike stems from a need to make the most out of the animated format, Elizabeth explains. 
that contrast in my work where it's uh, realistic voices combined with kind of like a fantasy element. I think it's because for me, like animation is so much work that I always think if I'm going to do a story um, that's real to some extent, um, there has to be some element of it that's worth doing all that work to do it in animation. Um, so I think that's really the reason why um, anything that I do so far has had that contrasting element. I've always really felt strongly that if you're going to do all of the work that it takes to make animation, you should sort of like have a reason <laughs> to do it that way. Since entering the industry as a storyboard artist, working her way up to writer-director, Elizabeth has always been looking for ways to disrupt the status quo, both in what sort of stories can be told on kids' TV and the ways they might be written. City of Ghosts is a bit of an anomaly. It's been a little bit of a struggle each time. Um, not like an insurmountable one because I've been able to produce things like the short and the series. But I think it, it has always been a lot of convincing people in charge that like this is possible like it's possible to do things in a way that isn't written exactly like how that other show was written or it isn't planned out that way like I think coming into this industry it was sort of like there was two options for the way that you write these shows like it's either scripted or it's board driven I was kind of gravitated towards board driven which sort of means like you're given an outline and then you're basically relying on board artists to fill it in with dialogue and fill in a lot of the details. I think like I just wanted to carry that to the next level of that, where it's like there's got to be other other options. It can't just be two, <laughs> two ways to do this. So I was really searching for like what's like a way to make this different and make it feel different. Elizabeth's process begins with listening out for real life stories of interesting people and the dramas or dilemmas they might be navigating. In search of these, she opens magazines, newspapers, listens to podcasts, and ventures out into the vibrant Los Angeles neighborhoods around her, keeping her eyes and ears open for unusual people and practices every step of the way. In fact, just yesterday, she spotted something in the queue for her booster jab that might one day make it into one of her shows. Ideas come to me both through the stuff that I, I was about to say consume, but it's like such a... <laughs> such a like weird term to use but like through the stuff that I watch sometimes it'll spark ideas in me of like how can I achieve something that feels that way and then also just like honestly it's like from reading articles or reading interviews with people or listening to interviews with people where something about their story and what's happening in it inspires me to think like man, uh, that's really interesting to me. Like, how can I make something in my world uh, that kind of delivers that, that depicts a character like this or depicts this thing that somebody's talking about that I find really interesting? I really do think it's something about just being really observant and curious about what's going on with people. I try hard to not like interrupt moments <laughs> that I see happening. And instead of just kind of processing it in my mind and like absorbing it. So I think it very much is just kind of like a combo of going out and being observant of these moments. To do her best work and to be her best creative self, Elizabeth has kind of learned the hard way that she has to tune out that voice in her head that worries about what's sellable, what the industry wants. 
the first steps are always really, I don't know, it's like, it's almost like the first steps are really scary and, and can sometimes like, it's <laughs> in some ways, like it actually starts with like me feeling frustrated, I feel like. I definitely am like always trying to figure out like, how do I make this as entertaining as I feel it can be? For any studio, when you kind of come to them, or even before you come to them with an idea, they usually have sort of like aspects that they tell you like this is the thing that's important to us or like this is the way that we like ideas or things like that so sometimes I'll try to like frame it in a way where I think oh they want to see this type of character this type of story but I think like the best ideas and the best way that I've that I've found to work them out is really like I kind of have to put those thoughts aside of like, how do I sell this? It's more just sort of like this idea of like, how is this interesting to me? What is the the most innovative way I can think of to, to tell this story? And also just like, what way will make this feel different than things that I've seen, I've seen before? Because I think like, once I'm trying to fit it into like the, the traditional way things have been done, it starts to fall really flat for me. So like, it definitely has to start from just like an inspired place. Mapping out a series like City of Ghosts begins with a long list of locations and topics that each episode could explore. If you've watched it on Netflix already, you'll know that each episode takes place in a different LA location as Zelda and her friends investigate bumps in the night in coffee shops, restaurants, skate parks and so on. In doing so, they also dig into some surprisingly deep topics. In its first season, the show deals with everything from gentrification to racial identity. It even has a character who identifies as non-binary. At this point, you might be wondering, how does Elizabeth decide what is going to go into each episode and which important topic to touch on? Once we sort of had an idea that like we have this amount of episodes and they're each going to be roughly around this long, it was sort of just deciding like within LA, we had like a literal chart, I think, of like neighborhoods, stories, characters, things like that. And I think for me with this particular show, it was like, which of these feel like they're going to be relatively easy to tell and also fit within this amount of time. And then also like, like, honestly, like just not wanting to kind of just have episodes that were just <laughs> incredibly depressing. Like, I don't know how else to, to say it, but like for kids, you, you want to. I mean, at least for me, have each story be kind of hopeful. So I think it was like looking for which of these have the capacity to do that. And also just like, which of these can I honestly handle? Like where I feel like we would we would know enough about the subject matter and we would be talking to the right people to do this in a in a way that appreciates everything about something that I might not have the deepest knowledge about. It was tough. City of Ghosts may break from tradition in terms of its unique digital animation and the innovative way the episodes are written, which we're getting to, I promise. But structurally, the show follows a classic kids' TV template, present our characters with a problem, then step back as they solve it through teamwork and togetherness. I think the thing that makes it rich and accessible is is probably just that that's sort of like I mean honestly I guess like what kids face on a micro level like every day or all of us really every day every week um, every so often it's sort of like our lives are like that like you're faced with something that uh, might be a challenge or a question or a thing that you're dealing with that you want to figure out 
And you sort of have to figure out how you're going to do that. I think one of the definite themes of the show from early on was like me wanting to have a show that showed kids that like, it's not always like adults who are going to answer your questions and problems. Sometimes you're really capable of teaching adults something or, or seeing something in a way that adults might not see it. Still to come, why Elizabeth and her collaborators use improv and interviews as a way to write naturalistic dialogue, and why kids' TV is at its best when it doesn't talk down to its audience. But first, a word about Arc Studio Pro. Screenwriting to me is all about immersion. I want to stay immersed in that dreamy, fantasy-like state while I weave my story and craft my characters. I don't want to be distracted by anything, and I certainly don't want to be thinking about text formatting. Arc Studio Pro understands that. It has a minimal and dare I say beautiful interface that allows me to stay completely focused on the stories I'm trying to tell. If you like to work with a writing partner, well, good news. Arc Studio Pro has seamless real-time collaboration, kind of similar to Google Docs, which allows you and whoever you're working with to stay literally and figuratively on the same page. Importing and exporting other formats like PDF and final draft files is easy. And best of all, it has an always free plan meaning you can sign up today and start writing. To take your screenwriting to the next level, visit arcstudiopro.com. Click the link in today's show notes to find out more. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. So specifically like for the topic of gentrification, I, I was nervous at the beginning to use that as like the log line for the show. For me, it was like, how do we say that that's what we want to make the show about without necessarily making it sound like we have like a political goal to this because I think in general most studios they they want to hear sort of about the universal quality to your story but it's not necessarily like they love it when you kind of add like a, a political word to the mix so I think for me it was sort of saying this is a little girl who's interested in the history of her city and like how it's changing and how honestly I think one of the first first log lines was something about like how that can be both good and bad for community because I mean honestly even for me personally gentrification is tough because like I understand the varying sides of it like I understand how it's bad I understand the the way that it seems like it also benefits certain people in certain areas. It was definitely something where I, I consciously said at the beginning, like, I, I want to avoid tackling things where I feel like people are going to feel like we're taking a stance. Like, I kind of really just want to talk about things as interesting stories and not talk about it from an angle where we're telling people how to how to feel about this, or we're telling people like, this is the right thing and this is the wrong thing. It really just has to be about problem solving <laughs> rather than like getting this gentrifier out of the neighborhood. It's not really about that. It's about, you know, how are we solving this, this particular problem? <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, City of Ghosts is incredibly intrepid in the way that it deals with topics kids TV shows typically shy away from. Part of the desire to make the show, Elizabeth explains, was to give kids a framework for understanding adult words and topics that might enter their periphery. For example, the very premise of the show involves death in a roundabout way. That wasn't something that was confronted much in the TV shows I grew up watching. Anyways, when it comes to writing episodes, Elizabeth doesn't sit down with a laptop or pen and paper. 
Instead, and this is where it gets interesting, she creates outlines, then hands them to voice actors. These actors then inhabit their characters in recorded interviews guided by one of Elizabeth's key collaborators, Joanne Shen. The dialogue in each episode is then crafted from the natural rhythms of each actor's speech, recorded in that interview. The episodes wouldn't really start with a script. Um, similar to like word-driven stuff, they would start with like an outline where we kind of outline where we thought the story would go and just like the the key moments that we really needed to happen. And then kind of we would we would know who we were gonna record. Like we would kind of know which people and characters had signed on to do voices. And she would craft an interview basically where she would kind of ask questions that would lead to some of the dialogue and some of the answers that are in the show most of the dialogue and answers that are in the show so a lot of it was also figuring out like doing pre-interviews with people to figure out what stories they had to tell kind of and like knowing what you wanted to hit with them once you were actually like recording the interview so we would start with these interviews and then we would sort of take those interviews and it's probably similar to what you do where it's like you listen through it you try to highlight the dialogue that you you think is working for the the story you're telling and the episode that you're doing next up elizabeth and her collaborators will start to write dialogue for the child actors they're exempt from the improvisational process involving all those interviews because, well, they're children, it's a big ask. They'll also script things for the adult actors to record to help each episode move from plot point to plot point. We would usually have like a second record where we could get that, we could get any outstanding answers where we needed something to be more brief or where we just needed them to elaborate on something that we decided was an interesting point. And then I guess sort of working backwards just so that we would have something to to show what what all of the dialogue was. Eventually we would have a script like at the end <laughs> where it was like something that made sense in a screenwriting way. After that point, the writing process gives way to animation, and Elizabeth has to activate a whole other part of her creative skill set. When whatever she's been working on eventually sees the light of day, it can be a nerve-wracking experience. After all, she's putting parts of herself and her family on screen with these shows. Elements of City of Ghosts were inspired by her own children, aged 5 and 7. An episode touching on Japanese internment camps was informed by hardships endured by her own family members. All of this can sometimes bubble up into a sort of anxiety that she has to talk out with family and friends in the run-up to release. Before it comes out, I'm always incredibly nervous because you just never know. Like starting with my short, I remember before it came out, talking to my husband, talking to friends. Um, but mostly I think my husband, because you honestly ne never know. And so I think like for me, I had to kind of set my expectations of like, okay, if there's a lot of negative comments <laughs> underneath this short, I got to just probably not read them and just like power through it somehow and like figure out if this was valuable to me without having to have the public <laughs> weigh in on that. Um, I think that was my first just like really incredible experience of having something come out and not having people be toxic and hating it <laughs> like under, underneath it. So that was a huge relief. I just had set myself up to not expect that. So it was it was very unexpected. Um, and with City of Ghosts, it was nice that that felt like um, an even better outcome. It really like 
touches me, I think, in this way that, like, especially when people say, like, my kid made their own hairbrush mic, my kid, like, loves the show, like, all of that means so much. It means, like, it means the world to know that, like, people can watch it with their kids. Like, that was something that I had really, really hoped for, that it would be a show that parents didn't <laughs> didn't feel like they were just tolerating, that they, they actually also liked it. So that, that's been incredible. Instead of basking in the glory of a job well done, Elizabeth then pretty immediately begins to look ahead towards her next project. She does this with excitement, but also a note of apprehension. Can she top what she just created? What if creatively she's already peaked, inquires a self-doubting voice from somewhere within? Her love of writing as an outlet for emotions and a chance to explore different lenses through which to see the world is the thing that keeps her stepping up to that challenge. This is a weird thing to say, but there's also just like this nervousness of wanting every next thing that I do to kind of like not not disappoint, to like keep kind of building on that. So I think there is always this building tension of like, Will I be able to do that again? Will it will it will it go as well? Um, but yeah, just hoping that hoping that it does. <laughs> One aspect of, of why I write is is the same as why I draw. It's like to get out emotions, to get out uh, important things that I'm thinking about. Another aspect of it is like how fun it is to kind of like describe worlds and describe events and describe things that are fun to to just like let your imagination run with. So it's just all just sort of like this necessity of like getting out these thoughts and feelings and ideas in any way possible. Animation was something that was I was so grateful to find. I wanted to be a children's book author illustrator and this is sort of like the next best thing for me. It's like getting to combine all of that with like a like a moving image. <laughs> Elizabeth Ito there is the writer-director behind the incredible Netflix series City of Ghosts. Her beautiful short film, Welcome to My Family, is available now to watch on YouTube. Look out for new shows and movies from her in 2022 and beyond on Apple TV, with whom she's just signed a deal to work on a host of exciting projects. You've been listening to How I Write, hosted by me, Al Horner, with production by Camille Demek. Music comes from Oliver Knowles, our theme song is by Nefetz. How I Write is brought to you by Arc Studio Pro. Get your free trial today by visiting arcstudiopro.com. That's it for series one of How I Write. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, happy writing. <laughs>